What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Spectators. Today, we are going to be getting into the NFL action from the week one and two and the absolutely wild MLB wildcard race. We'll be right back for you. What is up, everybody? My name is Julian Osius. I am here with my boy, Brooklyn. What is going on, Brooke? Welcome to YouTube Live, baby. Yo, yo. What's poppin', bro? We out here. Yes, sir. We live, baby. Yes, sir. We are here for you guys on YouTube. If you guys don't already know, this will also be on Spotify and Apple Music, if that's where you guys listen to us as it normally is. And today, we got a lot to talk about. We didn't record an episode last week because we brought all the new stuff and announcements that you guys saw on all of our socials. But we have a lot to talk about, including the NFL being back. The NFL's back, Rick. It is, man. And these last two weeks been wild. Yeah, they have. NFL been going crazy. There's a, a lot of weird teams winning games by a lot you don't expect. Uh, upsets week one, and then... I think week two made a lot more sense, but there was some some pretty cool stuff, including that game last night on Sunday night that uh, ended Ooh. absolutely wild. Uh, let's 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 start off with that. Let's start off with that Ravens Chiefs game. It's the most recent thing in our brain. Let's let's get right into that. What, what were your thoughts seeing that Ravens get the dub? Shout out to the Ravens hobbled man hobbled, and they go into a shootout with Mahomes and the Chiefs. Impressive really impressive that they take it all the way to the end. They end up winning with Harbaugh asking Lamar, hey, you trying to go for it, bro? Lamar said, of course, of course, yes. of course coach. Yes. Convert on fourth down, and he flips into the end zone. Game-winning drive. Insane game, bro. Yeah. Insane. And, I mean, it shows a lot when the Ravens, right? They were down pretty big. Uh, they, they were down a lot. Uh, the Chiefs scored pretty quickly, too, I mean – it was a 7-7 game within two minutes to start this game. So you, you worth to here thinking it's going to be a high-scoring game. And it did wind up being that. 36-35. Uh, to 35, The Ravens get the big upset. I don't expect a lot of people thought they were going to win this game. They are really, really hobbled and injured. Uh, granted, it was a home game. Obviously, that helps a lot. Uh, but the Chiefs are one of the most talented teams we've seen in a long, long time. We we're kind of going through the list of uh, guys they got the other day. And it's pretty nuts they have the best quarterback the best tight end and arguably the best wide receiver in the entire sport along with probably the smartest and like most creative offensive mind in a coach in Andrew so absolutely you know uh, that's a big that's a big win for the Ravens more so than it is a big loss for the Chiefs I don't think you hit the panic button for the Chiefs you didn't expect to go 17 and 0 and then you know all that and and i'm sure they come into this game kind of underestimating them just a little bit just enough for the ravens to hit that extra gear and catch them on their heels so yeah i would agree i mean again the ravens are down to their fourth string running back they lost three yeah. of them in one day this is a team that's hobbled and they're trying to figure out their self on offense and that's been the thing that we've noticed from the ravens for a couple of years now they're trying to piece together an offense it looked a little bit better yesterday, especially in that second half. 
And Lamar is just still Lamar. We don't have an answer for him. It's tough. It's really tough because he could hurt you in so many different ways. Yeah. And you can prepare all you want, but you're not going to replicate that in practice at all. And once you see it in game and then you got him just improvising and doing what he does and just being a menace on the field, <laughs> what are you going to do? Yeah, he's definitely a menace. Yeah, you're just at the mercy. You're at the mercy of what he can do. Yeah, when and when you got your, you got to just pray. Uh, that you I, can stop I told him. you about this before we, we started going live. Um, Lamar Jackson, he is second all time in most 100 yard rushing games for a quarterback. He has 48 games it took him to get nine rushing, so pretty good, right? Michael mm-hmm. Vick is number one. He has 10 rushing games of 100 or more yards. It took him 142 games. Sheesh. So, uh, and you said 40, 48? 48. So, probably before number 50 or at 50, uh, he'll tie the guy who created the, the genre of player, the dual threat quarterback outside of college. I mean, it was Mike Vick. That was the guy everybody wanted to emulate when they were running the ball as a quarterback. And, you know, then Cam Newton came around, and then we had Russell Wilson. Even Aaron Rodgers to an extent. And uh, now you're seeing, like, what it can really do with Lamar. Yeah, Lamar's the most, like, one-to-one comparable Vic. Obviously, just better passer. Yeah, and I don't know. We've seen these guys. Again, Cam Newton's won an MVP, and he was really – he's been a fantastic runner. Uh, More physical than he was as, like, a speedster like Vic. And I I see the one-to-one you're talking about. So you got mm-hmm. a guy like that. I, these guys have played each other, I think, every year for the last three or four years now. So we've seen Lamar versus Patty, and uh, it's probably going to keep happening. I'm excited to see it pretty much every year at this point. Yeah, that's a you check that game when you look at the schedule every year, bro. Yeah. Like that is the one when you look at all the matchups. You know, you know what, Chiefs, you know Ravens. what vibes it gives me? It's big uh, Colts Patriots vibes. Read my mind. Right? Big Colts. Because both teams were first place in the division every year with Peyton and Tom. So that means you're going to play yeah. each other every year. And uh, granted, the Ravens are going to have a tough time winning that division with pretty much all those teams being significantly better. Uh, yeah. The Steelers, who knows what's happening with them. I, I don't know. But the Browns are really, really good. And the Bengals are getting better. The Bengals are definitely getting better. It took three interceptions on three straight plays for them to lose to the Bears. And they still only lost by three. So the Bengals are definitely a lot better. Joe's still figuring figuring that out. But uh, that Bears defense is still as legit as we've known. Roquan Smith and um, I'm blanking on his name right now, the linebacker. I don't know why I'm blanking on his name. But those guys are some beasts over there. Absolutely. What's another game you want to talk about? Um, well, not really a game, but since you mentioned the Bears, Andy Dalton actually goes down, like we actually talked about a couple of weeks ago on our NFL preview, and we got the young buck in. Yeah. Um, well, what'd you think? I mean, Justin looked good. I mean, obviously they win this game, and the offense was mm-hmm. the best it's looked in a while in that fourth quarter. Yeah. Uh, granted, that's not saying much, <laughs> you know, the, the, not, not the at best all. the Bears mm-hmm. offense has looked in a while is uh, pretty lackluster, but this is a team that is building. They're, they're trying to create offense out of things that 
they kind of got to manufacture, right? But we said it, like you mentioned on the NFL preview, had Andy gotten hurt week one, I do not think they'd bring in Justin. Like, I think they were so adamant about, we want you to sit and watch an NFL game. Yeah. And now he did that, and he sat and watched a chunk of this game. And he goes down, and now here we are. It's uh, it's the rookie show. There's a lot of rookies around the whole – or not really rookies, but just young QBs all around the league. And I know uh, Tom was saying that the other day. Like, the days of having Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, Phillip Rivers around, are, they're, they're done. And here you, you got old man Tom still rocking in his little lawn chair – just watching these little kids play. Yeah. And it's crazy, man. Yeah, I mean, it's just so dope to see. Justin Fields and Mac Jones, two rookies, already playing significant minutes and winning games in their second start, or not start, but like second game of their NFL career. Uh, mm-hmm. Mac Jones with the Patriots, they really put a, a whooping on, on the Jets. I'm sorry to talk about that. And we're talking about young QBs. Um, sometimes it takes some time to develop, right? And um, it's, it's really weird. We talk about this a lot in the NBA where we don't give guys enough time. Like we, we want to call them busts. We want to say they're bad right away. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I agree with that to an extent, especially guys that are drafted really high overall and they're 18, 19, 20 years old. You got to give them some time. Zach Wilson seems to be one of those guys. He obviously has a talent. Um, yeah. two weeks in yesterday was a pretty rough day against a a team that's gonna scheme against you being a young guy so you know it's it, yeah Be- belichick is just a menace when it comes to young players yeah. it's it's tough it's tough and you know there'll be better days ahead hopefully for zach that's all you can hope for and then you know just slide over to maybe it's a product of playing against bill belichick and you get those games and it like stunts your growth perhaps because now you look at a guy former jet sam darnold Two weeks in, he's looking really, really good over there in Carolina. Yeah, and I've been saying for a while, Darnold just needs the pieces around him, whether that be actual offensive weapons, a good coaching staff, a good scheme, a a good environment, whatever it may be. Darnold needed that, and he would strive. And we're seeing it in Carolina. He's looking great, and the Panthers are looking great, too. Yeah, I mean, their defense, I think it was last year, the Panthers did not spend a single draft pick on an offensive player. It clearly, mm-hmm. clearly is working out. Yeah. Because their defense looks just reinvigorated. Even if they're not as talented, they're just, it's a bunch of young guys. They want to prove something on defense, and they've all were brought together to learn this scheme together. So clearly it's doing something. And when you have... We talked about it yesterday. Christian McCaffrey might be one of the best offensive weapons ever. Yeah. Just in terms of what he brings, that he's going to give you 70 yards on on the rushing attack and on the receiving end. Mm-hmm. Gets you a touchdown either which way. He can bust open a big tackle. He can run the ball 30 times. Like, he can do so many different things. That helps, no doubt. That helps a quarterback like Sam just not feel the pressure. Yeah, and... Bringing back up the defense and just them wiping the board and just going all in on getting defensive players, it works out for them so much better in a sense because all those guys are just being built and formed together. 
you're not having to play somebody. All right, you got to try to fit into this while these guys are doing that. No, as you're building, you're just one by one. All of them are coming together as a beautiful puzzle. And down the line, that's going to work out so good for the Panthers, especially on the other side of the ball when you got CMC and the rest of the boys. Like, yeah, when, when they get a true number one wide receiver at some point, because that'll happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, exactly. However, it winds up happening. This is a this this could be a interestingly fun team. I think none of us expected our defense to take the stride it took. No. So big shout out there. So I, I would definitely uh, keep an eye out for the Panthers for the rest of the season. Yeah, uh, now, this was a really weird game because last week you see the Saints absolutely steamroll the Packers, right? And we'll talk about the Packers a little bit because they are playing tonight, so we're not going to be able to get the full picture on them, uh, find out if Aaron's actually throwing. Um, (laughs) But clearly the Saints got a big, big false sense of confidence in that game, right? Because they come into this game, they don't have a single rusher for over 20 yards, and they don't have a single running back over 10. The only two rushers that had more than 10 yards were Jameis and Taysom Hill. Those are their quarterbacks. Yeah, that's not what you want to see. And then when, you know, Jameis only threw the ball 22 times, so they just did not have any type of flow on offense. They, were, they didn't run that many plays offensively. And that's just not how you're going to win a football game at any level. Unless you're just throwing one-and-done 70-yard bombs like in Madden when we were 12 years old. But that's those that doesn't exist. Hey, we're we still doing the 25. We're still, <laughs> you're still playing Madden. That's, the, that's a whole different <laughs> issue. That's a whole different <laughs> issue. But, you know, hopefully they kind of figure out, okay, week one was weird. Week two, yeah. we kind of got our, we got it, it got handed to us. So let's, yeah, come back, figure it out. Jameis will be okay, hopefully. <laughs> and that's the thing, I, I do think Jameis will strive. But again, you mentioned the false sense of security. That could have been a case. Yeah, I definitely do think Co- that, that was part of it. I definitely because you just steamroll them. And then you come into next week, you're playing the Panthers, and it's like, eh, okay. Right. So. No, for sure. Um, and then you get caught on your heels, and that's not where you want to be. Yeah, a team that's surprising some people. The Oakland Raiders. They look pretty good to start the year. They get a, a pretty big win against the Steelers this week. Steelers, you know, pretty handily beat the Bills week one. Uh, another kind of a fluke game. I think that was just kind of getting the rust off for the Bills. Uh, not so much a fluke. The Steelers are a pretty decent team, but mm-hmm. you know, getting the rust off. Bills come back, absolutely blow out the Dolphins. They're clearly figuring that out, getting into season form. But the Raiders 2-0, and and we've seen the Raiders do this a couple of times where they kind of start hot or start slow and then gravitate towards like being mediocre. Do you think that's the case? I don't. I think uh, they actually stay the course for the most part. I don't think there won't there'll be a too much of a drop off because they got some talent, especially on the offensive side. Ruggs had a great game yesterday. Yeah. So I think uh, the Raiders aren't uh, aren't to be slept on. Yeah, I, I kind of see them in a very 
weird situation where Derek Carr kind of reminds me at this point, and it's kind of tough to say, but he kind of reminds me of Kirk Cousins. Like, he's kind of good, but is he? He can win you some weird games that don't really make sense, but then we've seen Derek Carr over the last five, six seasons just not show up. And, uh, you know, Raiders are 2-0. They're in Vegas. I don't really know what to think about this team. They got two good wins, though. That's the thing. They're not they're not like cheapo wins either. They're pretty good ones. Yeah, I'm I'm interested to see uh how they keep on rolling, but I'm I wouldn't say I'm like high high on them where I think they're going to go crazy. But I do think people aren't giving them the credit that they should be getting. Okay. So, anybody else you want to talk about? Um the Seahawks Titans game turned out to be pretty interesting. Titans looked like they were just done, especially last week, too. They didn't really look too good. No, they didn't look good at all. They come into this, and then fourth quarter comes around, and they managed to take them to OT, and here we are. Yeah, Derrick Henry just picking up where he left off last season. Week one, uh, I think the Cardinals just, like, really focused on Derek and there's like he's not going to beat us and and that's the main thing you got to do I mean but everybody's been saying that for a couple of years now it's way easier said than done oh ab- absolutely and that that's not that's not something that you could just say and it's gonna happen yeah and giving up uh, you 182 and three touchdowns is uh not great and Derek also had 55 in the air too so he was just a menace yesterday yeah. Absolute menace. Julio Jones looking cute over there in his second game as a Titan as well. 129. So, Titans might be figuring oh, out. This is a really good win. Uh, this was in Seattle, too, yeah? I think this was I... in Seattle. Yeah, it was. This was in Seattle. So, yeah. the Seahawks don't lose at home. You don't run over. I believe Seahawks this was the first um, game that they had fans since everything's happened like a regular season game so yeah yeah it is so it's it's been a while and yeah. um it kind of reminded me of the uh the ohio, the ohio state game where it's like you guys haven't had fans in a while this is one of the best home field advantages in the in the sport and uh kind of a disappointing end to it um anybody else i want to get into the bucks look really good tom brady's still the best in the league don't care and he's mad. Gronk is back, too. Gronk is all the way back. The Gronk-Brady connection just it's travels. Nuts. They got a world tour, and they they get everybody. It's insane. Gronk is, like, actually everybody. good. He's not there to be, like, a, a public figure. He's just good. No. He's it's just nuts, good. man. Also, Kyler Murray looks like an MVP candidate. He had two really bad picks yesterday, but week one and week two – he has made so many plays happen. And he has AJ Green now. Yeah, Kyler, that that's one I'm so excited to see his development throughout the season, man. Because now he's finally like really settled in. And it hasn't been too much of an issue where like you've had to worry about too much of any jitters yeah. from Kyler. But now he could just stand ten toes and just ball. 
Yeah, and I mean, they probably shouldn't have won this game. They wound up winning it. Vikings lose on a missed kick, but, you know, you take those wins, and especially in the division, as tough as theirs is, they have three more talented teams on in their division than them. And I think the Cardinals could win maybe any other division in the NFC outside of the Bucks one. Like, and they might get fourth. They might get first. I don't really know. This division's insane. It is. I, I don't think. Wrong about that. I think the Seahawks are the only. Yeah, there's one loss. This division is seven and one on the season. We said it before the season even started. The NFC West is going to be phenomenal. This race is going to come down to the last week of the season. Yeah. I'm very confident in that. Yeah, I am too. It definitely will. Because, yeah, the Seahawks are in last place in week two. <laughs> they have one loss. I, I've i seen people start panicking. Don't. Like, this is going to be just a head-to-head slugfest between all four of them. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, and then there is a pretty bad Thursday night game. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> don't. I, <laughs> I will absolutely not do that to yourself. Uh, anybody that you're looking at as an individual player before we move over to baseball individual um i want to see herbert in the lead the chargers because tough two weeks again he runs into dak dak ends up putting on a clinic like he's been doing i will i will say justin played really well in this game and yeah a combination of his O-line just deciding to hold every other play and the refs doing taunting penalties really just destroyed all the touchdowns they should have had. So, Absolutely. So I'm, I'm interested to see how this is going to keep on progressing because we talked about it last year. He looked really good. The Chargers looked decent enough to be where they were. Obviously, losing all the close games was tough. But now, coming into a new season, year two, you got your feet wet. I want to see what happens. I did. So I'm, I'm keeping my eye on them. I agree. Cool. So since we're talking about individual players, we have our brand new member of the Spectators. His name is Gerard Teamer. He is going to be running our fantasy corner. Gerard, let him know who did well and who didn't in fantasy this week. What's up, everybody? It's your boy, G-Man, and we're back with another segment of Fantasy Corner. I'm on cloud nine. Bill's got the dub. I won in all three of my fantasy leagues this week, so I'm going to look to keep that going next week. But tune in with me so we can go ahead and get y'all on that winning record if y'all not there already. Let's start with our top performers of the week. We got Kyler Murray, 400 yards, three touchdowns, and 33 fantasy points. MVP, MVP favorite for me and for a lot of others as well. King Henry looked to be in gear, 182 yards, 35 rushes, and three touchdowns. I'm glad he's getting that going because he is the reason the Titans were so good for all these years. So look for that to keep going. Cooper Cup, nine catches, 163 yards, and two touchdowns. Clear wide receiver one in the LA, and he should be wide receiver one on your team. Travis Kelsey, eight catches, 109 yards, and a touchdown. That's expected. He was doing that for years with Mahomes. He's going to be doing that for years with Mahomes after this. It's, nothing's going to change. Don't sleep on Justin Herbert. They are victims of some terrible refereeing down there in L.A., but look for them to get that offense going. Him and Mike Williams got a really good connection, so 
that should help him a lot. Don't sleep on Jameis Winston. Yeah, Jameis Winston had five touchdowns this week, and he didn't do much this week. And he looked like QB, one of old, back over there in Tampa Bay. But, hey, Tampa Bay, Jameis had 30, yard, 30 touchdowns, about 5,000 yards. So don't sleep on him after one bad week. Antonio Gibson of the uh, football team in Washington, they're going to get it going. They know they game plan the season for Fitzpatrick. Now they got Heineke, so they're going to figure that out. Ezekiel Elliott, yeah, he had a really good week, but he got outperformed by Pollard, and people are scared. Don't be scared. Zeke is still the undeniable number one in that offense. Allen Robinson of the Chicago Bears. Andy Dalton seemed to do something to his knee. It's Fields times, and Fields is going to use him like he should. A.J. Brown, don't sleep because you know how it is. You can't have an effective pass game without a rushing game. They didn't have a rushing game week one. They had one week two, and now that passing game is open for week three. George Kill is top five tight end. I don't got to say much. Jimmy G is playing scared because uh, Trey Sermon is on his, not Trey Sermon, Trey Lance is on his tail, and he's going to take over sooner than later. So Kittle will be fine. All the way sleep on Big Ben. Big Ben is sleep. I'm slumped. Father Time is here, and the Father Time is knocking on his door. He's a very low end QB, too, for the rest of the way. Mac Jones. Mac Jones, yeah, he's accurate. Yeah, he's this, he's that. But he's not a good fantasy quarterback. He has one touchdown through two weeks. And I don't like him to be anything more than maybe a depth chart pickup for, like, injuries and stuff like that. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Unfortunately, he was probably a top three-round draft pick in a lot of leagues. Unfortunately, he only has 40 yards rushing in both game one and game two. And he's not really much of a cat, a pass catching back. And Mahomes doesn't seem to like know he exists over there. So I'm not looking for him to be no more than like a flex option, maybe running back two in some deep leagues. James Conner, drop him. I'm just going to keep it, drop him. He's not doing what he did in Pittsburgh. He's not going to do that again. He's not the number one. He's not the number two because that's Kyler. So go ahead and drop him. Robert Woods, uh, it hurts me to say it, but I think his years of being that number one receiver over there in uh, L.A. is done. Um, I don't look for him to be no more than a flex or maybe a low-end uh, wide receiver too the rest of the way. Devontae Parker, uh, Will Fuller is coming back. Waddle looks to be doing really good. Uh, and Jacoby Brissett is the quarterback for right now until Tua comes back. Uh, prayers up for Tua, by the way. But... Don't look for Devontae Parker to do much. Uh, Austin Hooper. Austin Hooper's on the Browns. Baker's not going to throw for 500 yards in games. Um, that's going to damage Hooper's uh, upside a lot. Look for him to be a low-end tight end through the rest of the way. Pickups for the waiver. We got Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy looks good over there in Denver. If you need a quarterback, look no further. He could be your low-end QB1. Same thing with Daniel Jones. He looks good, but the team looks bad. Saquon's not there, and if Saquon's not there, they got to throw that ball. But by the way, if y'all find Saquon, go ahead, have him give me a call. Try to get him back into this offense sooner than later. Also, Derek Carr. Derek Carr looks to be so good in these first two weeks with wins over the Ravens and with the win over the Steelers. Two really good defenses. Look for Derek Carr to be mid-tier QB1 the rest of the way. Don't sleep. I mean, sorry. Pick up J.D. McKissick if, you, if you're in a deep league and you need some running back help. He's a third down back. He's the pass catching back, and he's two-minute drill back. So look for him to be productive until they figure out that thing out. Antonio Gibson over there in Washington. 
uh, Pollard's a good pickup because, like I said, he's a pass catching back in Dallas. Even though he's a number two, he shows some consistency through the first two games. Look for that to continue. Mike Williams of the L.A. Chargers. Pick him up. Him and Herbert have something going on. I don't know what they got going on over there, but it looks good. So definitely pay attention to him. Darius Slayton. Yeah, he sold on that touchdown, but he still looked really good. He looks like to be the number two option behind Sterling Shepard over there in New, in, uh, New York. They're going to be down a lot. Saquon's not there. We look for Darius Slayton to stop this game up for these next couple of weeks. Last but not least, some pickups that you can look at. Mike Gusecki. Mike Gusecki, yeah, like he had a he had a, a, a goose egg last week, and he had like seven, eight points this week. So, you know, the production is there. Tua didn't like him. Jacoby looks to like him. So as long as Tua is out, look for Gusecki to be a good uh, low-end tight end too. But there's not really much depth at the tight end position to begin with, so that's pretty solid. But hey, that's it for Fantasy Corner. If you have any questions, feel free to get at me. G-Man is the man on Instagram and Twitter. Y'all know where to find me. Be happy to help you. Like I said, I, went, I won all three of my games this week. Let me help you win all your games for the following weeks. Peace. Thank you, Gerard, with the beautiful insight. Uh, we got that audio issue figured out pretty quick in there. Um, but yeah, <laughs> if you guys need somebody to help you out with fantasy, he is the guy. He is doing pretty well in his fantasy leagues. He's knowing who to pick up. And that's how you win championships off the waiver wire. So if you have never won your league yet, Listen to this, man. Listen to this, man. Absolutely. And uh, we're just going to flip right over because you guys know that we are really big baseball fellows, right? You guys know this. We're big Yankee fans around here. And they're not playing very well. No. In fact, some would say they're really bad. Some would say they might not even make the playoffs. And with the way this American League wildcard race is going... Sheesh. The AL East is just incredible. You got the race in at the top, leading the whole American League with 92 wins. Pretty much a lock for to have that. And then Boston and Toronto with the top two wild card spots right now. The Yankees are a game and a half back out of that. Oakland's two games probably just going to end up being a three-team race between uh, them. And it's shaping up to be... A wild, 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 wild card race. Yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy, right? Because those three teams have just like been cycling past each other for the last month or so. The Jays were pretty down bad for a while. They went on a really good hot streak, uh, got themselves right back into it. They have mm-hmm. they have what in a normal season would probably be the American League MVP. In Vladimir Guerrero Jr., it is not a normal season. He should win it as a hitter. He's not going to. That's unlucky. <laughs> but he has been the most impactful offensive player in baseball this year. And he's been playing as well as anybody just down the stretch. And something important that I want to note about the Blue Jays, right? Okay. The Blue Jays are second in baseball in run differential. Second okay. in baseball. The only team better than them is the Dodgers. The Dodgers are pretty significantly better than them. The next closest team, the Blue Jays are plus 177 in run differential. The next closest team is plus 74. They are over 100 runs better 
than the next best team at run differential. That offense is absolutely explosive. And they figured out the pitching. Alec Manoa has been really good towards the end of this year. Definitely a rookie of the year candidate. He probably won't win it just with Wander and Randy Rosarena and Ryan Mountcastle doing what they've been doing all year. And Adelise Garcia. Mm -hmm. Adelise might win or rookie of the year as a 28-year-old, which is wild. Love to see it. You you love to see old rookies. Shout out Yerman. No. Well, don't God, shout yeah. out Tony Larusa. I don't know about Yerman, <laughs> but yeah, I am. no. But I'm I'm just saying, like he he was an old head rookie, balling, got derailed from from his nice manager. But yeah, it's it's gonna be crazy. Adelise is really dope. Yeah, he he's been really good. He's been a bright spot for that Rangers team. Um, you mentioned the A's being out of it. I don't even know if I agree. They're... Well, I didn't. I didn't say out of it. I'm just. I just said I. I think it's going to be between the three. Yeah, and I probably agree. Uh, it's the. I mean, they're only a half game back uh, behind the Yankees, yeah. so it's not like they're they're far. Yeah, it's it's certainly the deepest division in baseball. Uh, yeah. Those those four teams could all make like honestly, whichever ones wind up making it right. Any of them could make a deep run. And if there's one that I bet on making a deep run, it's actually the Blue Jays. I have a lot, a lot of faith in the Blue Jays. I've said it to start the year. I was pretty scared of this Toronto team because they, their bats are ridiculous. Yeah, but it was never an issue about the bats. That's the thing. It was never no. the bats. They go and they no. trade for Jose Barrios. He's been pretty solid. He hasn't been anything crazy. He's pretty. He's been pretty solid. Ryu has had a down year for them, but he hasn't needed to be that number one guy and the only guy that can stop other teams from getting runs. Alec Manoa mm-hmm. again. And then Robbie Ray, based off of what Garrett Cole did last night and, and stunk up the joint against the Indians, Robbie Ray might be your American League Cy Young winner. And to have a Cy Young candidate, never mind a winner, just a candidate out of that group is a lot more than you could have asked for. And... Um, They've really, they've really done some good things over there. Yeah, no doubt about that. Yeah, their their pitching staff impressed me too. But they're they're a dangerous team, man. They're really dangerous, and it's gonna be interesting to see what type of run they could make if they end up officially getting into the playoffs. Yeah, and you know, name of this uh, this episode is the birds are flying high. And if you go to the other side, the St. Louis Cardinals, man out of absolutely nowhere are on an eight game win streak. And all of a sudden they have a three game lead over the reds for that second wild card spot. The Cardinals at the break, the all-star break just looked like a team that they spent a lot of money this off season. And we didn't know why. Yeah. We, we weren't really talking too much about them too. Cause we were just, all right, no, no problem. But in the midst of that, um, eight game winning streak, they also go ahead and sweep the Padres. And now we're looking at the Padres three and a half uh, back out of that second wild card spot tied with the Phillies. And Dodgers St. Louis is a really interesting wild card game that I don't think any of us really expected coming into this season. Yeah, it's uh it's definitely one of those things that um 
their bats have just gotten hot, right? Tyler O'Neill's been really, mm-hmm. really good. Harrison Bader learned how to play some offense. He's been a great defender his whole career, but he's been really good on the offensive end. Arenado and Goldschmidt have been exactly what we know them to be. I think Arenado's literally at, like, all of his career averages this year. He's just had another Arenado-esque year, uh, which good to not see the regression leaving cores. I think that was a big issue with him. And a lot of those uh, Rockies players that are really good offensively, they leave how good are they actually clearly yeah. Arenado is still an elite third baseman and Alex Reyes. I think that's been the biggest thing for this team, the development of Alex Reyes as a reliever. He always had a lot of talent. He throws the ball hard, but moving him to the bullpen where you can get two to three innings out of him. If you need to, he's also had the moxie to come in and close several games this year. He has been the biggest difference to me for this team as, as a whole. And, um, you know, Cardinals are looking good. I don't like them at all in a matchup versus the Dodgers, like at all. But we'll take what we can get. Dodgers have a 16-game lead on them. 16. (laughs) The Dodgers are sitting pretty. Uh, They don't got to stress about nothing right now, except that wild card game. Yeah, which is very stressful. And, I mean... So stressful. How far back are they from the Giants? They got to be a couple games, right? They're only one game back. So that the Giants might win 106 games and beat a wild card team. <laughs> it's absolutely insane. Absolutely insane. Yeah. And then the the Giants are a pleasant surprise too when you look at the season. I mean, but that's that's been a year-long story. Like, they're not even a surprise it, it at this has. point. The Giants have been so, so good. Yeah. So, so good. I also want to mention that um, I, I mentioned the Blue Jays being uh, second. That was second in, in wild card teams. So, not, teams not in first place. So, in, in run differential. I'm going to throw that out there. It wasn't showing me the, the other big boys. Like, the Giants were plus 181. Gotcha. Do want to amend that? <laughs> they, but still, that offense has been really, really good. Uh, going into the playoffs, there's one team we don't want to see. Who is it? Like for you, to win the wild. Card, it got it. Right? The wild card. Yeah, like one of these wild card teams. Obviously. Like the, oh. You know. Um. If it ends up being the Dodgers. In there, it got to be them, just because that is not a wild card team when you look at it. Everybody else, okay, yeah, they belong there. The Dodgers aren't a wild card team coming into this, so you, <laughs> it's David versus Goliath at that point. You don't want to see them. They're forty so. games over five hundred, and they yeah, here. like <laughs> come on now, it's crazy. It's, but if we had to go just all-around playoff team that I would want to see, probably the Tampa Bay Rays. Really? Yeah, just they don't lose, man. They always find a way to just clutch it out. Yeah. They just figure it out. They get it done. And they're a scary team when it comes to your backs against the wall and you gotta you got to take care of them. Absolutely. Because they don't go down. They really don't. They really don't. Um, 
I agree that the Rays are going to be really good in the playoffs, but I'm I'm really really looking at the uh, for any team in general. I'm looking at the Astros. Um, Astros. I feel like the Astros have been really really slept on this year. They have people don't want to give them any credibility because the nonsense. How fair Kyle enough. Tucker has been absolutely elite on offense this year. Framber Valdez has had a breakout season. Lance McCullers has been really, really good. Their pitching has been phenomenal, and that's with Grinky not being as good as Grinky kind of is. And Justin Verlander still hasn't pitched for this team. So with, without those guys, they've been really, really good. And if there is a year for them to do it, this is maybe not the last year, but they're likely losing Correa this offseason. They're going to have to figure out some money things. It's definitely not the last season, but this is the last full-strength Astros team we'll see. And um, I, I really do think we're kind of ignoring how good of a year they've had. Yeah, I mean, they're right back there. Right back to where we've, where we've gotten used to seeing them at the top of the division. And, yeah, we've, <laughs> nobody wants to give them the the credit no but they've been balling i hate giving them credit <laughs> i really don't. absolutely but i don't know it's kind of a couple of years removed at this point the whole the whole scandal thing and i'm i'm kind of back into like let me enjoy good teams do good things besides the red Sox because obvious reasons um so i'm kind of enjoying what the astros are doing especially the way they piece together their pitching like again losing two cy young winners and one just bona fide hall of famer is mm-hmm. really really tough and yeah. um you know they're, they're they're making it work over there they're absolutely making it work no doubt you got anything no else doubt. for me today Burke? um nah i'm hype man i'm hype playoffs are about to get officially rolling i'm excited to see how this all plays out football's back we're live you get to see our beautiful faces Yes, sir. We've been whispering sweet nothings into your ears for a year and a half. Now, you get us. Yeah, I, absolutely. And speaking of that, we just hit our 100th episode, so thank you to everybody. We appreciate it all. The, this run has just been incredible. We're so excited, so happy to bring you guys all of this. It's really fun, man. It really is. It's if really you guys fun. haven't seen it already, go ahead and check out our merch store. We put out some good stuff. Starting our 100th episode, so go check that out. Brooklyn's wearing a hoodie right now. So go check out all that if you're interested. Thank you, guys. Make sure you follow us on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, all that good stuff if you don't already. And we will be back with you guys live on YouTube again next week. Stay tuned. Have a go, everybody. <laughs>